Hey, thanks so much for doing this. Congratulations. Thank you. My pleasure. I'm happy to be here with you. You know, as we start this, is there background information that you want to share about yourself that's not too personal? Like, were you uh, like an SBA type of person in law school? Or My background is that I worked as a law clerk before, like straight out of college. I worked as a law clerk with a civil litigator. So it was just him and myself just handling cases. And that really is what solidified in my mind that I wanted to be an attorney. And it helps to have that hands-on kind of experience. Then after that, I did apply to law school and I got into law school. I dabbled a bit in 1L. I know you're not supposed to work in 1L, but I'm really sort of ambitious. So I worked in my 1L year starting in the fall and I worked at an oil and gas title firm. But then after that, I worked at a small boutique firm handling business and other intellectual property matters. And now I work for a corporation. So we handle transactions and contracts and other things and brand protection. In law school, I was always sort of engaged in the student body. Like I knew so many people because that's sort of the nature of our business is that you want to make these connections and meet others and hopefully you'll remember each other later on down the line when you're in your practice. So in law school, civil litigation was what you wanted to do? Everyone goes into like school thinking that they're going to do something, but they end up right, doing right. else. I thought like, oh, it was like the cool and sexy thing to do was M&A, right? Or business law. But I'm a creative person. So I have always really been into trademarks. For some reason, I can just remember what they look like. I am able to identify throughout the years, like the Prudential trademark. And I remember there was like an advertisement for one of the trademark class and the professor didn't put the words trademark on it. He just put a bunch of trademarks on there. And I want to say there was like probably probably close to 70 trademarks on there. And in small letters, it said, if you can identify all of these, I'll give you $20 and a recitation pass. So basically you don't have to be called for recitation. I don't care about the recitation pass. I wanted $20. <laughs> so I was like, oh, this is fun. So I like identified all of them. So he checked it and he said, yeah. And first day of class, he pulled out $20 out of his wallet and he paid me. And of course the foreign exchange students were like, what is this? Like, <laughs> do we just do this in America? kind of thing but yep so that's what uh, kind of grabbed you very interesting and the prudential isn't it like a moose or something prudential is a mountain and yeah, yeah, a mountain. <laughs> it kind of morphed into like this like abstract boxy like mountain so okay maybe i'll try and flash it on the screen <laughs> but I, I i knew it was kind of nature-ish are you a retaker or was this first time it's not like i didn't apply myself i've always been a person that has struggled with test taking and that's really a commentary on the kind of inner rhetoric that I am giving myself. So, and it's tough, especially when it comes down for me to like multiple choice questions, right? I think I write very well. I think I can prove my point when I write, but when I like get down to like multiple choice questions, I'm like, A sounds good.
But C, also looking real good. I tend to talk myself out of, okay, it can't be A, it must be C. And then that's kind of where I suffered, especially like on the MBE portion of the bar. And I did take several times and I couldn't figure out what the problem was. I was doing everything that everyone else was doing, but I wasn't really taking note of what works for me. And I think that's a big part of the bar. You know, they always say like, oh, this is a, a test of mental fortitude against yourself. And it truly is. You have to sit down, get comfortable with the fact that, you know what? I don't have that much confidence in myself. When I sit down and try to do multiple choice questions, I think that's the answer, but it's not. And every multiple choice question really can be boiled down to one, did you read too fast? Or two, did you just not know the law, right? Because it can just sometimes turn on just one one fact, one, one word that you just happen to just miss and you would have gotten it right if you just realized that. What was your lowest point in bar prep? And once you tell me that, the second kind of compound question to that is, was there a point where you were going to say, screw this and I'm not going to be a lawyer? There was one time where I took in February. The curve is always a little bit less favorable, only because in February there's not that many people taking it compared to July. But yeah, I don't know if it's just I just got crushed by the curve or I just wasn't prepared. But that was probably like my lowest part of this bar journey. That was probably my worst score. And after that, I wondered if I should even continue on. What kind of client is going to want to have an attorney who just can't pass this stupid thing? But I really think that you have to push forward in that, in the sense that no client's going to want an attorney that's not willing to continue to fight and and that won't give up. I mean, if you were- There's virtue to that. There's virtue. Yeah. Yeah. So if I had just did it one time and I was like, I'll never take it again. Like I knew of someone that did that. She had some family issues and she couldn't really concentrate on the bar like it deserved. And she didn't pass. She never tried ever again. It wasn't like she started studying for a second time and then she just decided not to. She just never attempted it ever again. It's doing such a disservice to yourself and to other people that probably need you. So, I mean, yeah, being an attorney is nice. You should only go into it to help other people to lift up the next generation of attorneys. I always say, like, you only want to look in someone else's bowl just to make sure that their bowl is full, not to compare. So that's probably the lowest point. So that February test was the lowest point. And I really questioned whether I would be good enough to be an attorney. But I just kind of regrouped and I just kept doing the thing. What was the things that helped you to do it this time to pass? I think a regrouping Mm -hmm. and then meeting me, you know, not to... It does feel weird to kind of say it like that, but... So this time when I did pass is kind of weird because I didn't take any time off. I think there's a preconceived notion that if I just put blinders on and I just take time off from work, I don't talk to anyone for like three months, two months, I'm going to have an epiphany and it's going to be a breakthrough for me. But I've noticed when I've been trying to study is like you start to get tired. Your attention is not really there. You can just say like, oh, I've been grinding 
working at this for like eight hours, but like your productiveness starts to fall off. Even if you take breaks, like I've always taken breaks. I've allowed myself to take breaks when I'm studying, but it just wasn't conducive. So this round, I work a full-time job and then I used my nights and my weekends, like very conservatively only focusing on studying. And I really had to boil down what it was that I needed to boost up. So again, for me, it was the MBE. So I made sure that I was exposing myself to as many licensed questions as possible and really fully understanding why I was getting it wrong or why I was getting it right. And people always say that you should do this, but I actually did it this time. I was just lazy before, but I made a spreadsheet of everything that I got wrong and stuff that I thought that I should know when I got it right. I would still put the law in there into a spreadsheet and I would have it arranged by like Civ Pro, Torts, Evidence, and each tab would be you know, organized like that. So I strongly believe in getting organized in that sense. And then also MEE or writing essays is my strong suit. So I also did not sleep on that as well. I did plenty of essays and I forced myself to write out as much as possible. I would just do like a full essay. Uh, some people believe in outlining the essay, but you're not going to get the same amount of value from it unless you're like writing out or you're typing it. So it's like a full essay. And for that, I used another test prep program's book of like essays and I kind of use it as a guide. And also it's just great to have it bound where it was just like a book of essays together. So you could just flip to the subject that you want. I just worked really hard at that and really trying to I, pack for. I can attest to how hard you work just to let the listeners and viewers understand or relate. We did this thing with Google Docs and then I would sort my own Google Doc to last modified would go to the top and every morning I would see your docs go to the top and I would I would be able to look that way and I don't know if you remember you were like don't make any comments on this I'm still working on it <laughs> and it, it was really nice that kind of workflow between us where I could give you that I was really able to work side by side with you which is nice I think once you start to use your time more wisely you have to be selective you have to study smarter and not harder because you know obviously I passed and this is my highest score like there's no reason why working a full daytime job should allow me to pass this high right but it's because I was trying to only focus on where I needed to direct my energy right so the last amount of energies I would have at the end of the day was like I wouldn't limit myself I wouldn't say like you know I need to do 20 questions like today so I would say oh okay like I'll I'll do 50 questions today and then one essay and then tomorrow morning I'll review what you've already graded and then I'll do like another essay right so it was just about doing as many questions and as many essay prompts as I could expose myself to because once you do that mm -hmm. you can really anticipate what you're going to see on the bar exam because it's kind of yeah. an iteration although every time someone's like I've never seen that essay prompt was that your experience or in general like so there's six essay prompts how many of those were totally unfamiliar like let's break it down that way only because I've done so many essays none of them were really like super surprising vaguely can remember there was like one sub question in one of the essays where I was like oh man how would I have known <laughs> that this was going to be on here right but for the most part you know essays are they don't really reinvent the wheel they will change right. the people 
and sometimes maybe the situations, but it's going to be the same thing that they're always testing. For Civ Pro, I think they always try to test, I think, it, don't quote me, it might be subject matter jurisdiction all the time. So if you know, you can anticipate that this is very important, you want to put that to the top of the list versus like some like nuance, like they're <laughs> going to test, they're never going to test like third party intervention. Or like they're not going to put intervention. They're not going to put interpleader. I don't know. Saucy interloper, you know, <laughs> um, but that was a joke. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I kind of, yeah. I, I, I was like, wait. Yeah. I was, I was like, I, I was like reading almost going to think like, oh man, like she has no idea what she's talking about. That was a joke. No, no. <laughs> um, but if you start to see these things in your mind, you start to realize that you're going to see the same thing over again. It's like, oh, here comes that same common law marriage question, right? So and for me, I personally believe in that saying where it's like, you have to see something several times. I think someone said the human mind has to see something seven times in order to like really remember it. Uh, you're supposed to mention things three times. That's the Alfred Hitchcock rule to really make sure it sticks in the audience's mind. And I think here, I don't know for me if it was seven, but I know that I need to see something more than once. So that's kind of where the beauty of this program works because yeah, you're seeing the same thing over and over again. But if you get into like the motion of having it where you're identifying the question, not because of the same facts and you know that it's going to be answer A, you know what type of law it's testing, what subject matter it is. And you can confidently say like, all right, I've narrowed it down to two yeses, two no's. Well, we know that no is out of the question. So it must be one of the two yeses, right? I've done studying before where like, I just happen to know the answer. Oh, it's the one with like the green ball answer. It's that one. Oh, is this question? Where is the green ball, right? But you have to train your mind to not think like that. And I also feel like the multiple choice questions, sort of like a throw up, like you don't know what to anticipate because I always feel that there's really no multiple choice questions that are released and out there right now any programmer is using that can really prepare you for that but the reason why all of these programs still work and they're successful is because they're training you to read the question in a certain way and I think that's just kind of what I did I was already kind of like thinking in that legal mindset and they don't really teach you that in law school unless like you're constantly looking at these type of questions I would say it's more of learning how to take the test and thinking in a legal mindset versus kind of the skill that they were teaching and testing in law school. So so I think just to talk about the green ball thing. So what happened was or I came up with this system and not to go too much into the app, but I used a very famous, the most famous multiple choice system in the bar prep space right now. Mm -hmm. And if anybody wants to DM me directly and I'll show you after we finish recording is I did, I think I, think I did 9,400 questions one administration. And I got it to where I memorized green ball over and over again to 80 percent, 80 something percent. And I still fail. Yeah. So I know that those are the weaknesses of the other systems out there and particularly this one. So when I see people saying I did this many questions, it doesn't really mean that much to me because it's how you do it. And I've found that way with this system. Right. How Mm -hmm. you do it. If you keep on getting hit with it again, it makes you look at it. And then when you see a 
another question that looks like it'll be green ball and it's not green ball and you're like what the heck it makes you question how you've yeah. been getting to the first question and so I think this is really important and I've never really talked about it before and I've never really actually verbalized it mm -hmm. why this system works is you see green ball in the next levels and you get it wrong and you're like what the heck I thought this was green ball and you can then compare and contrast and it really kind of mm -hmm. works out no it's not green ball <laughs> yeah. or you know green ball isn't going to get you the point on exam yeah. day yeah and I think I use the same sort of program that you did I mean everyone tries to use this program yeah yeah but it wasn't really working for me because I would do like 2000 something questions right but how much of that was I absorbing right because in those kind of things you're just trying to make it to the end right whether yeah. it be like, I just want to do a quiz of 10 I just want to do a quiz of five uh you know 50 I just want to do a quiz of like 100 at one time but even if you sit down and review the answers afterwards you may not retain that as well as if you saw the same question over again and then you know it's incorporated with other new questions yeah, right? right that's the beauty of this system yeah in that other program I would just do the questions and I would tell myself okay like I've gone through it or I will go through this but you know after a while you start to get anxious it's getting closer to test date and you're like that I don't have time for this and you move on to the next one right right exactly the stress kicks in and you're like whatever and the kind of I don't know if it Murphy's law is the right word for this or whatever law it is mm -hmm. or whatever coincidence this happens to be that one that you kind of blew off in stress and mm -hmm. urgency to uh, getting close to the bar exam that's going to appear on the bar exam that's what's going to that's what happened you know. <laughs> yeah. one time spendthrift trust was on there and I was like oh man I did I saw it I just flipped but away. I thought yeah answers you know and that's another thing with this system is I make you do it mm -hmm. like there's no way around it like it, you got to do it that was more for multiple that is for multiple choice and you were talking <laughs> about essay but anyways and so what did you think about the whole writing approach I know you kind of modified it with the bounded book from <laughs> an old bar company that that's floating around there because they all give you tons of books I say we can go to the New York website start with there you know they have model their answers and stuff but you went with the book that's fine but the over approach did you and I I think I asked you too in an email that you sent me about you said the MBEs were great you know and I said what about the essays so I want to ask you now that I got you cornered in this did your essays improve this last time doing this you said it did help you but I mean I'm trying to kind of mm -hmm. get it out of you do you think my approach with this program was helpful like the whole drilling there is a an approach you know I called it the five layer approach and I noticed that it confuses everyone because yeah. I have levels in the MBEs and then layers in the yeah. know, writing approaches but if you don't mind saying something on that yeah so originally when you approached me with this I think I had to watch the video twice because I was like what is this yeah <laughs> like what are you doing and why should I have to do it like this and admittedly I was like great right, weird yeah about trying it like that but I figured I mean you know let's be honest here I was like I'm paying for this I better just do this I need to do something different of how I have been previously doing it so I tried your method the the five layer method and once I kind of got into a groove of doing that like it was just very easy to just draft like an like essay. and you know you can modify it too you can mm -hmm. make it your five and a half layer approach your seven layer approach like yeah you can do or you could shorten it you know like he's doing the kind of the same it doesn't matter but it's it's an approach 
that I think you can apply to anything, you know, like it, it can make you a robot. I just got off a demo call with someone and I said, by the time February comes again, uh, you're going to be like a robot, you know, like, it, and which I think you were approaching, you were a robot for your exam or you were really approaching that. Yeah. And that method that you, you use the five layer method, it, it can work even for the MPT because like I would do the program that there's a video of me doing it on an MPT. I, yeah. I mean, you may have missed over it, but I have a five layer approach for the MPT yeah. too. And I did that, which I was worried because usually when my school would grade my MPTs, I would score pretty high. But once I got to the actual test, like I didn't score that well and I couldn't figure out why other than the fact that maybe my formatting was wrong. So I think that's kind of where the beauty of your program kind of helped because it really made me kind of stop and assess and take note of what are they asking, right? What do they want me to do? Am I writing an opening statement or a closing statement? And like, is it one of those like weird prompts or is it like a run of the mill, like memo, like this past take, it was two memos, right? So it's easy. You know, the same way of how to do it. And because you've done so many of these MPTs and you're using the same process, the same robotic process. So in episode 14, she said something along the lines of uh, Jennifer Venable, dear friend and uh, schoolmate of mine, classmate of mine. She said, it's like a systems check, right? Like <laughs> you go in the exam and you're like freaking out these prompts. You get all these prompts. You're like, did I study this? Did I not? Just slow down and systems check. Layer one, do that. I can do that. Layer two, do that. I can do that. Layer three, you know, and you just go down, you know, it controls the freak out. Yeah, it controls it because I think just you talking about it, I think I realized what my problem was before your system. The problem was I was like, gotta like, I was like already <laughs> like typing like the millisecond went into when the time had just started, but I was writing so much. I wasn't getting into the analysis portion of it. And like, I wasn't really like focusing on the formatting too. So the key is not to write so much, as much case law, as much, you know, paragraphs as possible. That's not what this test is about. It's about how can you form an answer that is client ready, or at least for your supervising attorney, at least for the MPT. Agreed. 4,000%. Thank you for elaborating all of that. Let's um, talk about results. We're moving along here. Uh, results. So, you know, I have it broken down in this list of questions as the results when you did pass and it, it doesn't really matter. I guess I wanted to ask what your experience was from your results and anything you can remember. I think it's important for this latest results. Like, how did you feel? Were you like, I know you were nervous because we talked, but please. Yeah. So there is a state specific component that we're supposed to do, which is like this module of videos. And you take like three questions and answer them afterwards. And we had the option to do that right after we completed the bar exam. And I am by nature a pessimistic person. So I was like, why would I waste time doing something like that when I'm just going to get my hopes up and I'm not going to pass and I've wasted all this time. So I purposely put it off. I don't know why it felt like this time. So I took in July and results just came out last week or yeah, this past week in October, I think on the 13th, but it felt so long. A week after we took in July, I was like, oh my God, I don't think I can like last this long. I don't know why it felt different this time, but it just felt like it was just like crawling very slowly. And then once results came out, I was like very 
unwell. I was like, oh my God, it's coming out. And I was like, I am unwell. It was like, it's been like, it's 3.03 in the afternoon and I'm still very unwell. But it came out in the morning on another day that is not specifically like what they used to do. It used to be on a Friday and it came out on a Wednesday. And I clicked open and all I needed to read was the first few words. And I just like lost it. At that point, you can't even really cry. I just like kept like laughing and like smiling. And <laughs> that that pretty much has been like my mood like ever since. You should be happy about it. And, and even if it's happy tears, you know, like it's more of like being happy about like, okay, now I have this official license. Like, let me go and help people or sometimes let me go make money. So yeah, it's just been a fun few first days. So I got licensed. I, I did, I did the module. So I was like, oh man, now I have to actually do the module. So <laughs> I, I had to like sit there and watch the videos and answer these questions. And it was like, oh my God, this part of the test might actually be the most driest part. <laughs> I would rather take another bar exam than have to do this, but it's like 12 hours of like these lectures. But I was like, oh man, this is cool and unusual punishment having to watch this. Please don't disbar me. But yeah, so, uh, yeah, so I finished that and then I paid my dues and that's it. We're here now. Awesome. Congrats. You did it. Do you want to talk about negativity that somebody might relate to about negative family members? How did you cope with it? Mm -hmm. For me, I do a lot of, I don't know if I should say this, I might cut it out later, but I do a lot of blocking and unfollowing because even if it's not them necessarily trying to do something is just, it makes me feel bad, right? I'll just kind of just focus on, you know, my family or whatever. Yeah. I guess I'm kind of hijacking your your episode with a lot of my own personal <laughs> stuff. But um, so if I'm going to do that, let me tell you about results. It was the greatest thing ever. So my daughter is younger, right? And she was born right around the first time I took the bar exam and I failed. And like the plan was supposed to be, I was supposed to go on to, again, I might cut this all out. I was supposed to go on to my own law career and live happily ever after with my family, right? But I failed. So all her life, she's known about me not really being a lawyer and always failing the bar exam. And she was beside me and I just checked on my phone and uh, I said, I passed. And then she goes, you passed? And she was happy. And it was it was nice that I got to share it with her, yeah. especially after all this time she's known. Yeah. <laughs> she's heard, she's grown up with yeah. me in the bar exam. You know? Okay, uh, sorry. Uh, negative family members. How did you cope with negativity? Oh yeah, I, I and then I hijacked it and said, uh, <laughs> I unfollow and block. And I just try and just stay yeah. focused on my own. How, how about you? In terms of negativity, you know, there's a lot of people that are not going to understand it, what you're going through if you're taking it more than once. And then there's a lot of people who have been through it once, like they're a one and done kind of person, right? So they just took it once and they passed. And sometimes they feel that they can't relate to you. But I think it's important to take inventory of the kind of people that you're keeping around you during your study time. Because if everyone in your circle is not invested in your success and allowing you to just go away and just like study and read the law, then why do you have them around? Yes. You're listening to the wrong voices. You're looking at what's in front of you right now. If you think your life is shit, your life is shit.
put positivity in your ears. Not just me, whatever, I don't care. Music, whatever, but put positivity in your ears. That negativity that you're hearing, you gotta get that the fuck out of your life. That's the game. I don't want to say like completely cut them off, but sometimes you need to say no and you need to remove yourself from these relationships. So there was like maybe like a couple of people that I said that I can no longer do this with you because it's not conducive to my mental health and my confidence in myself. So I think I've spoken about that a lot on Reddit as well as like you need to take care of yourself and eliminate such toxic relationships and relationships in the sense that it doesn't mean like an amorous relationship. It just means like, you know, your friends or your family or even your boss, you know, that, that could be anywhere from the sliding scale of like, you know, just telling them like, hey, I'm going to put my phone on do not disturb. Like I'm not ignoring you from here, from this time to this time, I'm going to be studying all the way to like, I full on like blocked people, quit my job. I didn't know what I was going to do for money, but I knew that I was going to just have to just focus on myself and probably for the first time in a long time. So it's definitely important to take inventory of the kind of people that you keep around so thank you for that i know it's tough to talk about let's go with the last question is there anything you want to say to someone studying for this next bar exam like kind of an open kind of question yeah so there is going to be plenty of people that are going to be looking for your name on the list it's inevitable every end of february every end of july that's always what people are going to be doing if they know that you're taking but you need to just not worry about what's so-and-so gonna think are they judging me you're in this for yourself it doesn't matter what they're thinking and you just need to put your nose to the grindstone and just grind you know until you can just be able to just read a question and you know where you think the answer is going and by the time you get to the answer section you've already kind of anticipated which one is the right answer because this test is not anyone who is humble enough will tell you that this test is not a, a test of like you know your mental intelligence, your ability to practice law. There's so many things that are important to being an attorney that are not tested or even studied for this bar exam. So don't give up. Keep trying. I always say I'm too stupid to quit. Be too stupid to quit. And remember that it's not about knowing as much law as possible. I say that and it sounds weird, but like I knew a lot of law. Like I could just spout off like, oh, like I'm in my capacity as an employee. I have a parent authority. Like I would joke about that all the time. I'm on a frolic or something. <laughs> but you know, it's about when I would get down to the, the questions, I would get lost. I would get lost in the sauce. So it's good to know as much law as possible, but you have to know how to take this test. It's a game of how to understand how they're testing you. And I would say that's almost more important than knowing the law. So don't give up. Take inventory of the people that you keep around you. Believe in yourself. You made it this far. You've applied to law school. You took the LSAT. You suffered through three years and then you're here now. So why give up now? You know, you keep trying because you originally wanted to be here and don't give up. So I know I'm going to be like the thousandth person to say don't give up, but keep trying though. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Thank you so much for doing this. Results were like just two or three days ago. So thank you so much for doing this. I think it'll help a lot of people that are really down after getting results. DC came out on Arizona, DC. A lot of stuff's been coming out the last couple of days, I think on Friday. So a lot of people are down that didn't make it. And hopefully seeing this will help them or listening to it too. Do you mind if we put your email sure. in the bottom and people can ask you a question? Mm -hmm. okay. Certainly. Thank you. Of course.